Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 234, and I wanted to talk briefly about libraries again. What I'm probably going to do is go over all the different libraries in the United States and talk about how each one was founded and what it cost and who founded them and are they still around. So when I was looking up libraries, for example, in the state of Oklahoma, which is where I'm from, Lovely state of Oklahoma, sometimes with our crazy weather. What came up was Carnegie Libraries. And I am aware of Mr. Carnegie. And so I was like, well, how many libraries did he start? Very interesting here. So there, there are libraries that other people have founded, but he founded quite a few. So I looked up Carnegie Libraries. It says, a Carnegie Library is a library built with money donated by Scottish-American businessman and philanthropist Andrew Carnegie. And we'll talk about him later. It says, a total of 2,509 Carnegie Libraries were built between 1883 and 1929, including some belonging to public and university library systems. 1,689 were built in the United States. 660 in sorry 660 were built in the United Kingdom and Ireland 125 in Canada and others in Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, Serbia, Belgium, France, the Caribbean and let's see here Malaysia and Fiji. So moving on a little here, just a little bit of history. It says Carnegie started uh building libraries in places with which he had personal association. So basically if he had a group of people working there if there was labor there or if he knew people there so basically if he knows the area then he wants to do good for the people that he knows so he had personal associations basically all over the world and all over the United States it says the first of carnegie's public libraries it says the i think it's done firm firmline carnegie library i'm not sure how to pronounce that um was his birthplace and that was in Scotland in terms of that name um it was first commissioned or granted by Carnegie in 1880 to James Campbell Walker and would open in in uh, 1883 it says the first library in the United States to be commissioned by Carnegie was in 1886 in his adopted hometown of i think it's pronounced Allegheny uh Pennsylvania and it says uh, now that is the north side of Pittsburgh In 1890 it became the second of his libraries to open in the United States. Um the building also contained the first Carnegie Music Hall in the world. So this might be ringing a bell in terms of libraries and music halls and basically civic centers. It goes on to say the first Carnegie library to open in the United States was in Brodick, Pennsylvania, about 9 miles up the I can't pronounce the name of that river, but it's uh, out, outside of Pittsburgh. In 1889 it was also the site of one of the Carnegie Steel Company's mills. Uh it was the second Carnegie library in the United States to be commissioned. In 1887 was the first of the four libraries which he fully endowed. So, I just wanted to bring this to mind like how much he donated and what he did. I mean, just think about how much it cost to build a library donate things and them still be around. So like for example, we do have a Carnegie library that was built in 1901 in Guthrie, Oklahoma. It's a beautiful building. I'm looking at the picture right now. Let's see here. There is a Carnegie library that was built in 1904 in Akron, Ohio. 
There was another library built uh, by Carnegie in 1904 in Tyler, Texas, and then one and I can't I'm not sure I pronounce this. I think it's Hotikaka, New Zealand. It's a really beautiful building. That one was built in 1908. Then there is a Kilkenny Carnegie Library built in 1910 in Kilkenny, Ireland. Then there was a A library built in 1914 in Tampa, Florida. Then there was a library built in 1914 in Beaumont, California. It's either Beaumont or Beaumont. Like if you say beautiful, like that's kind of how it's spelled. Um, there is a library that was built in St. Petersburg, Florida in 1915. Then there was a library built in 1917 in Glen County, California. And then oh this is a real beautiful one. Uh there is a Carnegie library that was built in 1921 in Belgrade, Serbia. Very beautiful building. Um let me see here. I'm going to look at the list of Carnegie libraries in the United States. Okay, so I'm just reading from a list here. It says the following list of Carnegie libraries in the United States provides detailed information on public Carnegie libraries in each state. and other territories in the United States including the number of Carnegie libraries in that state. So very interesting here. So I'm just going to go straight down the list. So just just to be aware, I did not know that Carnegie built all these. I knew he built some because we have some here in Oklahoma, but I didn't know that he built this many. Like just imagine how much it cost per building. First of all to buy the land. Get an architect to basically do a rough draft, you know, a blueprint of what they want to build and then buy all the materials, basically purchase all the permits, buy all the materials and then pay for the labor to build all these. So just just think about that. Like think about like how much it costs to build a hospital or like maybe like an Amazon warehouse or you know, let's say if you are building a mansion or something. Just think about that. Like think about if you've ever built a home. Like if you had to go out and buy the land, find an architect, a contractor, um a plumber, electrician, all these different things to build these from the ground up. That is exactly what Mr. Carnegie did, but all over the United States and also in several other places on the planet as we just heard from these different countries. So just FYI be aware that he did so much in his lifetime. just amazingly so. And these are just libraries that we're looking at. We're not even diving into all the civic centers and hospitals and things like that 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 basically he helped to build. Excuse me, my mouth is dry. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a moment. I feel like sometimes when my mouth gets dry, I stutter and I apologize. So, anyway, diving back into this. So, I'm starting with Alabama. The state of Alabama, let's see here, has 14 libraries. Uh, oh these are public libraries. So you have to remember he helped build public libraries and academic libraries. So basically colleges and universities. So in the state of Alabama, Mr. Carnegie built 14 public libraries, 5 academic libraries, and that goes back to 1901. Let's see, let's move on to the state of Arizona. Arizona, Mr. Carnegie built 4 public libraries and 4 I I take the back. Four public libraries and I don't see any for academic libraries. And that goes back to the first one that was built in 1899. Let's see here. Next is uh the state of Arkansas. Mr. Carnegie built 
four public libraries. I don't see any that are academic in terms of that. Um, they started building these libraries in 1906 in Arkansas. Next is the state of California. Hello, California. Good to see all of you. Love you very much. Praying for you guys very much so because your state is run by stupid Democrats. Very, very, very stupid Democrats. And it's very unfortunate because it's ruining your economy. It's ruining the lives of your children because of critical race theory and transgenderism. And it's also making it very difficult. It's making it very difficult for people to get jobs and to keep jobs. And also... The powers that be in California, these good-for-nothing bureaucrats, they're messing up the price of housing out there. Extremely so. Like, just look at, let's say you have a 1,500-square-foot house. Look at how much it costs in California as opposed to Oklahoma or Arkansas. So it really does matter who you elect to office at every level, whether it's state, federal, local, county, school boards, whatever the case may be. Pay attention to these things. Vote Republican because you deserve better, California. You deserve better. Okay, so the state of California, Mr. Carnegie built 142 public libraries and two academic libraries. And construction on these started in 1899. Okay, so the state of Colorado, Mr. Carnegie built 35 public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1899. State of Connecticut, Mr. Carnegie built 11 public libraries. I don't see any academic libraries, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any. I just don't have that information in front of me. Uh, construction on those in, in Connecticut started in 1901. Next is District of Columbia, also known as D.C., a.k.a. the Swamp. Mr. Carnegie built four public libraries there and one academic library. Construction started in 1899. Let's see, state of Florida, Mr. Carnegie built 10 libraries in the state, or sorry, 10 public libraries in the state of Florida and four academic libraries, again, at universities. Construction started on these in 1901. State of Georgia, Mr. Carnegie built 24 public libraries and five academic libraries. Construction started in 1898. State of Idaho, Mr. Carnegie built 10 public libraries. I don't see any academic libraries. Again, that doesn't mean that there aren't any. Let's see here. Construction started in 1903. Next is the state of Illinois. Mr. Carnegie built 106 public libraries and five academic libraries. Construction started in 1900. Next is the state of Indiana. Mr. Carnegie built 165 public libraries and two academic libraries. Uh, let's see. Construction started in 1901. Next is the state of Iowa. Mr. Carnegie built 101 public libraries and seven academic libraries. Construction started in 1892. Next is the state of Kansas. Mr. Carnegie built 59 public libraries and seven academic libraries. Construction started in 1900. State of Kentucky. Mr. Carnegie built 23 public libraries and four academic libraries. Construction started in 1899. The state of Louisiana, Mr. Carnegie built nine public libraries, and I don't see uh, any academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. The state of Maine, Mr. Carnegie built 18 libraries, excuse me, public libraries, and two academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next is the state of Maryland. 
Mr. Carnegie built 14 public libraries. I don't see any academic libraries. Construction started in 1906. Next state is Massachusetts. Mr. Carnegie built 43 public libraries and 5 academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next is the lovely state of Michigan. Mr. Carnegie built 61 public libraries and I don't see any academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next is the state of Minnesota. Mr. Carnegie built 65 public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1899. Next is the state of Mississippi. Mr. Carnegie built 11 public libraries and two academic libraries. Construction started in 1904. Next is the state of Missouri. Mr. Carnegie built 33 public libraries and two academic libraries. Construction started in 1899. Let's see. Next one is the state of Montana. Good to see you there. Mr. Carnegie built 17 public libraries and I don't see any academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next is the state of Nebraska. Mr. Carnegie built 69 public libraries and construction started in 1899. Next is the state of Nevada. Mr. Carnegie built one public library. Construction started in 1902. Next is the state of New Hampshire. Good to see you guys. Mr. Carnegie built nine public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1902. Let's see. Next is the state of New Jersey. Good to see you guys. Mr. Carnegie built 36 public libraries and construction started in 1900. Next is the state of New Mexico. Mr. Carnegie built three public libraries and construction started in 1902. Next is the state of New York. Now this is just overall New York, okay? In New York, Mr. Carnegie built 106 public libraries and 3 academic libraries. Of those libraries, 66 public libraries were built in New York City alone. Let's see here. And construction started in 1899. Now here's the thing, it says New York City alone, but I don't know if that just means within a certain circumference or if it goes out into like suburbia because it's kind of like you know where's the dividing line you know what i mean like for example i live in oklahoma city but i know that if i drive in one direction i'm technically in oklahoma city but i'm also driving into edmond oklahoma if i go the opposite direction i'm starting out in oklahoma city but i'm going towards more and norman so sometimes those lines are not always distinct Because, like for example, there was one time I lived in the city. I lived in I lived in Oklahoma City, but I think I had either more. I'm trying to think. No, I think it was Edmond Utilities. So it's one of those things like you can live in a certain area code or zip code or whatever, but it's not always definitive of where, strangely, where you actually live. So, like for example, um, if you live out in the boonies, let's say for example. You have an Oklahoma City address. You have a Mustang telephone number, but your utilities um go through even somebody else. So there there's so many different things going on with that. And maybe that doesn't happen in your state, but in Oklahoma that's very common. See, because even though I live in Oklahoma City, sometimes things are from Edmond or from surrounding areas. So it kind of depends on basically the powers that be and the authorities. 
I don't mean the authorities like law enforcement per se, but I'm just saying like people that are in charge of different companies and things like that. Because you know, like for example, like I currently live in an apartment, and you know, you would think that since I live in Oklahoma City, my utilities would go through the city of Oklahoma City. They don't. They actually go through. Um, let's see. Previously, they went through some stupid company based out of I think it was either Utah. Try to remember some company that we can't stand because they jacked up our bills and our rates. So not a big fan of that at all. But anyway, side note: sometimes you don't really know who's getting your money. They just expect you to pay it. <laughs> so kind of crooked. But anyway, um, next day is North Carolina. Mr. Carnegie built ten public libraries and six academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Let's see the state of North Dakota. Good to see you guys. Mr. Carnegie built eight public libraries and three academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next state is Ohio. Mr. Carnegie built 106 public libraries and seven academic libraries. Let's see here. Construction started in 1899. Next is my home state of Oklahoma. Mr. Carnegie built 24 public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1899. Next state is Oregon. Good to see you guys. Let's see here. Mr. Carnegie built 31 public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1901. Next state is Pennsylvania. Good to see you guys. Okay, so overall in the state of Pennsylvania, Mr. Carnegie built 59 public libraries and nine academic libraries. In terms of Allegheny, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, that county,、um, there were 19 public libraries in that county, and then in Philadelphia alone, there were 25 public libraries there. In terms of Allegheny County, there there are two academic libraries that Mr. Carnegie built there, and then he built one academic library in Philadelphia. Construction started in 1886. Next is the state of Rhode Island.、Uh, Mr. Carnegie built one public library. Sorry, I take that back. One academic library, and that construction started in 1905. So I don't see where he built any public libraries unless this information is outdated. Let's see here. The next state is South Carolina. Mr. Carnegie built 14 public libraries there and four academic libraries. Construction started in 1903. Next state is South Dakota. Let's see. Mr. Carnegie built 25 public libraries and two academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next is the state of Tennessee. Good to see you guys. Let's see. Mr. Carnegie built 13 public libraries and seven academic libraries. Construction started in 1900. Next is the state of Texas. Good to see you guys. Okay. Oh, and a big shout out to Senator Ted Cruz. I've been watching some of your videos of when you're on、uh, what's it called, not panels, but committees and stuff. Thank you so much, Senator Ted Cruz, for calling out these hypocrites <laughs> and these crazy liberal nutbags. That's what I call them.、Um, That are ruining America, and they don't understand what it means to have a democracy and to have capitalism and to have freedom. They just want to squash it. So thank you for calling out the people that you interview and that you ask questions to. And I'm so grateful the information that you make public because the American people we need to be aware of this stuff. So I thank you very much for your service and all that you do. I greatly appreciate it. So anyway, stay of Texas. Let's see here. Mr. Carnegie built 32 public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1898. The next state is the state of Utah. Good to see you guys there. 
Mr. Carnegie built 23 public libraries and construction started in 1901. The next state is the beautiful state of Vermont. Let's see here. Mr. Carnegie built four public libraries and one academic library. Construction started in 1901. Next is the state of Virginia. Good to see you guys. So Mr. Carnegie built three public libraries and four academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. Next state is the state of Washington. Good to see you guys as well. Uh, let's see here. Mr. Carnegie built 44 public libraries and construction started in 1901. Next is the state of West Virginia. Good to see you guys as well. Mr. Carnegie built three public libraries and one academic library. Let's see. Construction started in 1901. The next state is the state of Wisconsin. I think that's the state of cheese. I love cheese. It's one of my favorite things to eat, especially goat cheese. That's one of my favorites. I do have favorite cheeses. I don't like the cheese that is like, where are they? Peppercorns. It has something in it that makes it spicy. Whatever that cheese is, I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> Just don't. Oh no. I'm I'm very picky about my cheese and I don't like spicy cheese. It just doesn't make me feel very good. I mean, if I'm going to eat something spicy, I would prefer to eat like Chinese food or Indian food, preferably curry, but not like super spicy. Like even the mild dishes that are Indian food can give me heartburn. Like the people in India, I don't know how they eat such spicy stuff. They they must start trying out those spices when they're babies because they definitely have built up a tolerance that I do not have. But anyway, Stay of Wisconsin, lovely cheese place. I love it. Let's see here. Mr. Carnegie built 63 public libraries and two academic libraries. Construction started in 1901. The state of Wyoming. Let's see here. Good to see you guys as well. Mr. Carnegie built 16 public libraries. Construction started in 1899. And the next state is Hawaii. Good to see you guys. You guys have wonderful weather and beautiful beaches. My goodness. Let's see here. Good to see you as well. Mr. Carnegie built one library there. It's a public library. Construction started in 1909. And the last one is Puerto Rico. Good to see you guys. Mr. Carnegie built one public library there, and construction started in 1901. So, just think about all these libraries. How much this cost, okay? Mr. Carnegie was a very wealthy man. He didn't start out wealthy. Like he built everything from the ground up in terms of his business. And think about think about what all he did in a short time frame. Like I think, let's see. I'm seeing how far, how far back these libraries go. So I'm seeing 1899, 1898, oh, 1892. Let's see here. I'm scrolling down. So I see 1892 and I'm just scanning. Oh, 1886. Okay, so that goes further back. So, he started building all these libraries. He started in 1886, and I think the last one that he started, I'm trying to see here. I see 1906. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay, so just think about that time frame. Oh, 1909. There we go. So from 1886 to 1909, he built all these libraries. I mean, just imagine how much money that cost. And also, more importantly, the dedication and he cared enough to do all this of his own free will. He wasn't blackmailed. 
You know, it's not like the Democrats twisted his arm and said, "Hey, you you need to build all these or we're going to put you in prison or something." Like he did this of his own free will out of the goodness of his heart. That is amazing. So for those that say that rich people don't care, you know, I think that's too broad of a statement. That's way too broad. And if you're going to say that rich people don't care, I think you need to check yourself first on that because here's the thing, rich people do care. So think about it this way, Mr. Carnegie, he paid a bumper crop in taxes, okay? A bumper crop. These were built with monies after taxes are taken out. Because that is philanthropy, meaning it's not something that the government is paying you to do. So he's doing this out of the kindness of his heart. He didn't have to do this. He could have just sat on all of his money, he could have sat on all this knowledge and just he could have just decided not to contribute anything to society. But he contributed a lot. A lot. And I want to make this point. How many poor people, I'm not against poor people because I've been poor. I've been there. So here's the thing. How many poor people do you know that have built a library? Like what Mr. Carnegie has done and has built this many. Like here's the thing. I'm trying to think how to say this without Well there's really I'm just not going to worry about hurting people's feelings. I feel like our society has gotten so sensitive that now I feel like I need to pull back and I'm not going to pull back anymore. I I just feel like I've gotten into a bad habit of like trying to appease super sensitive morons and they're not super sensitive to me. Like they don't care about you know what what I think is right and wrong and what offends me. So why should I care? But anyway, so here's the thing. Poor people don't build things. Poor people typically don't invent things. They may have an idea, but you know, in order to become rich, you have to have a talent that you're willing to push forward. And what do I mean by that? Like for example, Mr. Carnegie, if memory serves correct, he was broke. Like he started with nothing. So as a poor man, He couldn't build these libraries. He he couldn't contribute to society in the same way. Does that mean that you can't contribute if you're poor? No. Everything you do on this earth matters. But what I'm saying is that Mr. Carnegie, he gave back when he had the opportunity to give back. Poor people and sometimes the middle class, they can't give back as much as someone that's rich. Does that mean they shouldn't do anything? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we need to be appreciative of what people do with their money when they don't have to do it. That's my point. See, because here's the thing, Mr. Carnegie and other people that are basically self-built millionaires, I don't know if he's considered a billionaire, but definitely a millionaire. Um, here's the thing, it takes courage to do that. And most of these self-built millionaires and billionaires, they start out with nothing. And the way that they gave back to society was because or the way they gave back to society, sorry, let me rephrase this. The way they gave back to society was to become successful. And they didn't give up. And it was hard work. Like just think about the time frame from 1886 to 1909. Penicillin had not been invented yet. Like like we didn't have antibiotics. Antibiotics did not come out until like the 1940s. And also, this is pre 
I would say um, there were two flu epidemics that occurred in the 21st century, and this was prior to that. But those are just the epidemics that we hear about. Like there were childhood diseases that were killing people's children. So, you know, all you Novaxers out there, you need to really take into, into consideration, I would say, that, you know, back in the day, you didn't have a choice whether or not your child got sick or not or if they died or not. They just did. Because childhood diseases typically killed a lot of children or deformed them or maimed them or made them mentally retarded. So that's why I just I'm really impressed with someone like Mr. Carnegie because he did so much during a very interesting time in our history. It's pre-World War II, it's pre-World War I, it's pre-flu uh, epidemics. And just think about all the technology that has not been invented yet, but look at all the work that he did and that he paid for. And also those are just the libraries in the United States. You know, let me take a look at the other ones. Let's take a look, uh, look at the list in Europe. Okay, let me see here if it will list it. Okay, so there's quite a few. Okay, so here we go. So Belgium, there is a Carnegie Library built there. It was built in the 1920s for the University of Leuven, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Let's see here in France. There is a Carnegie Library of Reims. I think I'm, I think I pronounced that correctly, but they do have a library there in France. It's very beautiful with Art Deco. That one was finished in 1927. In Ireland, he built a ton of libraries. So in Cork, he built three libraries. Let's see here. One on Anglesa Street, Ash Street, and Mill Street. Then in Dublin, my goodness, he built quite a few. Um, he built one in Balbriggan County. I'm oh, sorry, in Dublin County. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, so these are listing them. Okay, now I understand. Sometimes things are a little whist, uh, listed differently over in Europe. So, so this is just Dublin County. He built one in Balbriggan, uh, Ballsbridge, Ballyboden, Black Rock, Cabinteely, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these. Clon Dalkin, Dalkey, Dublin City, Churchtown Road, Dun. I think it's La Guajar. I think that's how you pronounce it. I apologize. Garristown, Glencullen, Lusk, um, Malahide, Purse Street. Let's see. Pembroke, Rathmines, Sandyford, Shankill. Sherry's and Swords. The next one is in Kerry, Ireland. Let's see, that's the county. So here are the ones in Kerry County, Ireland. The first one, again, I'm totally mispronouncing this. Cahir Sivin. Um, let's see, Castle Island. Dingle. Kenmar. Kill, I think that's Kill Orglin. Listowell and Traley. The next county in Ireland is Kilkenny, and it's just in that one, Kilkenny. Let's see here. Next one is Limerick County. So these are all the libraries that Mr. Carnegie built in Ireland in Limerick County. The first one is in Athea. Let's see. Asketon, Bally Hahil, Bally Steen, Broadford, 
Kwanka, Krau, Fina, Kilcolman, I think it's Kildemo, Limerick, Newcastle West, Palace Kenry, Rathcail, Shauna Golden. The next one that Mr. Carnegie built was in Luth County, and that one is called Draghita, or that's where it's built. That's Luth County, but in this particular area. Or I don't know if that's a city, town, or village. I don't know how it's described over there in Ireland. Let me see if it tells me. Okay, so Draghita is an industrial and port town in the county of Luth on the east coast of Ireland. And it is about 35 miles north of Dublin. Okay. So the next county in Ireland where he was building libraries, okay, so is Waterford. So here are all the different places where he built a library in the county of Waterford, Ireland. It's Ballyduff, Capaquin, Lismore, Tallow, Waterford. Next one is Wicklow, and within that county he built three libraries, one in Bray, Enniskerry and Greystones. Then he built a library in the Netherlands, Serbia, and then let's see, oh, let's let's talk about the United Kingdom. Okay, so in England, just in London alone, Mr. Carnegie built the Brentford Library, Bromley, Crofton Park, um, Cubitt Town, Custom House, Deptford, Enfield. Let's see here. I wonder if these are listing libraries or vicious projects. Well, it says they're libraries, but one of them is near a highway. So, these names might be a little funky. Okay, so let's see here. Next one is Hanwell, Hernhill, uh Homerton, King's College, Kingston upon Thames. Um let's see here Manor Park, New Cross, Sydneyham, Teddington, Thornton or Thornton Heath. Twickenham, I think it's Walmerstow, and then Birmingham, and there's some listed under there. Ashton Cross, Bartley Green, Birchfield, Erdington. Uh, let's see, Kings Heath, Kings Norton, Northfield Library, Rednall, Sully Oak Library, Sturchley, and then underneath Coventry is Earlsdon Library, Foles. I think it's Foles Hill Library or Foles Hill Library, then Stoke Library. And then within Greater Manchester there is Castleton, Rochelle, Chorlton, Didsbury, Eccles, Levenshloom, I think it's Milrow, Stockport, um let's see here, Pemberton, then outside of that is Accrington Library, Almondbury, Anfield Plain, Ashbury, Ashton and Makerfield, uh Barrow and Furness. Batley, Bideford, Birkenhead, Blackheath. Let's see Blackpool, Berkeley Hill, Bolton on Dern. Let's see Boston, Bournemouth, Bridgewater, Burnley, Calney, Caversham, Reading, Chatterton, Chatham, Clitheroe, Clitheroe, Cockermouth, Crosby. Cradley Heath, Dalton and Furness, Dartford, Darwin, Derby, Eastbourne, Eastley, Erith, Folkestone, Farnworth, Fenton, Staffordshire or Staffordshire, however you pronounce that, Gainsborough, Garnston, Goole, 
uh, Gorleston on Sea, Grantham, Gravesend, Grace Free Library, Great Yarmouth, Hartlepool, Harrogate. I think it's Haslingden, Hove, Hothwaite, Hull, Eidston, Ipswich. I think it's Urchester, Keeley, Kendal, Kettering, Kingsland Library, Nutsford, Langley, Leicester, Loughborough, Lincoln, Littlehampton, Lowestoft, Lutton, Mansfield, Melton, Mowbray, Middlesbrough or Middlesbrough, Neston, Newton, see scrolling down, Newbury, Newcastle, come upon Tyne. I think that's how you pronounce that. Newton, Lay Willows, New Mills, Normanton, Northampton, Oswald, Twistle, Penistone, Pontefract, Portsmouth, Peterborough, Ramsgate, Rawmarsh, Rawtonstall, Royton, Runcorn, Rushton, St. Albans, St. Anne's on the Sea. Scrolling down, see Sandsdowne, Scunthorpe. Sefton Park, Liverpool, Sevenoaks, Shirley West, Yorkshire, Skipton, North Yorkshire, Salon Carnegie Library, Southend on Sea, Sowerby Bridge, Stemford, Lincolnshire, Stapleford, Nottinghamshire, Stourbridge, Stratford upon Avon or Avon, uh, Sunderland, Townton, Tinsley, Tividale, Tubrook. I think it's Tilsley, Wakeley, Wallasey, Walsall, Wakefield, Wheatonsbury, Weston, Hotton, Work, uh, Workington, and then Worthing. And then in Scotland, there are several there as well. There's the Aberdeen Central Library, Airdrie Public Library, Arthurstone, Carnegie Library, Blackness Library. Bridgeton, Browty Ferry, Bonness. I think it's Burntisland, Castle Douglas, Bonnie Rigg, Copebridge Library, Coldside Library, Dennistown Library, Ewart Library, Dunfermline, I think that's how you pronounce it, Edinburgh, Fraserburgh, Govan Hill and, and Cross Hill, Grangemouth, Hamilton Townhouse, Hawick, Hugh Miller, let's see, I think it's Hutchinson Town, Inferry, Iona, Kirkwall, Jedburgh, Kinross, Kingston District, Mayhill, Maxton, Maybole, Montrose, Motherwell, Parkhead, Reading, Sterling, Tain, Thurso, Wick, West, Woodside. They were moving on to Wales. So here's the thing, Mr. Carnegie. Sometimes the libraries were called Carnegie Library. Other times they were called, let's say for example, I am in Oklahoma City. If it wasn't named after him, sometimes he just granted them funds. So it would be called like the Oklahoma City Public Library, as opposed to the Carnegie Library. But he built both because they would both be considered public libraries. Now we're moving on to Wales. So here are all the libraries. Excuse me, that he built in Wales. Abercanade, Abergavenny. I think it's Ab. Oh my goodness, Aberystwyth, Bangor, Barry, Brigand, 
Another name I can't pronounce. And then Buckley, Canton, Cathays, Church Village, Coed Poeth, Colwyn Bay, uh, Chryseith, Janiolan. Another name I can't pronounce. Uh, Dolaus, Flint. I think it's Landrina Dodwells. I think it's Land. Uh, what is this? Landudno. I think it's Merthyr Tydil. Newport, Benarth, let's see, Penny Darren, Pontypool, Wyil, Skewen, Tabak, Trekyon, Treharis, Whitchurch, and Wrexham. Let's see here. The, and the last group that he built is in Northern Ireland. So let's see here. Bangor, Belfast, Belfast, Belfast. So he built three different ones in Belfast. Derry, Downpatrick, Portadown, Lurgan, and Larne. So interesting there. So those are the ones that are in Europe. Let's look at the list in Canada. All right. So he built a library in Amherstburg, Ontario. I think it's Almer, Ontario. Ayer, Ontario. Barrie, Ontario, uh, Beaverton, Ontario, Berlin, Ontario, Bracebridge, Brampton, Brantford, Brockville, Brussels, Cal, I think it's Calgary, Campbellford, Chatham, Clinton, Collingwood, Cornwall, Dawson City, Dresden, Dundas, Durham, Edmonton, Elmira, Elora, Essex. I think it's Exeter, Fergus, Forest, Fort Francis, Fort William, Cambridge, Glencoe. I think it's Goderich, Ontario, if I pronounced that correctly. Grand Valley, Gravenhurst, Grimsby. I think it's Guelph, Hamilton, Hanover, Harriston. Hespeller, Ingersoll, Kemptville, Kenora, Kincardine, Kingsville. I think it's it's either Learnington or Lemington. I can't tell because the R is so close to this other letter. Uh, other letter, excuse me. Lethbridge, Lindsay, Listowell, Lucknow, Markdale, uh, Meriton, Ontario. Then we have Midland. Milverton, Memco, Toronto, Ontario, Mitchell, Mount Forest, New Hamburg, New Liskeard, New Westminster, Niagara Falls, North Battleford, and that was in the North Battleford is in I think it's how you pronounce this Saskatchewan if I pronounce that correctly, and then North Bay, Ontario, Norwich, Norwood, Orangeville, Orillia. Oh my goodness. Oshawa, Ottawa, Ottawa, Owen Sound, Palmerston, Paris, Ontario, Park Hill, Pembroke. I can't pronounce this next one, but I think it's like Penetanguishian. Next one is Perth, uh, Peterborough, Picton, Port Elgin, Port Hope, Preston, Regina, Renfrew, uh, St. John, Sarnia. Salt, Saint Maria, Seaforth, 
or C4, excuse me. Uh Selkirk, Shelburne, Simcoe, Smiths Falls, St. I think it's Katharina's, St. Mary's, St. Thomas, Sterling, Staffville, Stratford, Sydney, Sydney, Tavistock, Teeswater, uh Thorold, Tilsonburg, Toronto, Ontario, Toronto, 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 several in Toronto. Let's see. Toronto, 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 Toronto Junction, Vancouver, Victoria, Walkerton, Wallaceburg, Waterloo, Watford, Welland, Weston, Toronto, Whitby, Winnipeg, 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 Windsor and Woodstock. So those are the ones in Canada. Quite a few. So let's move on to the libraries in Oceania. So we have a library in Tasmania, Western Australia, Victoria and Victoria. Okay, next is Carnegie Libraries in Africa. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a second. Okay. So some of these I'm not going to be able to pronounce. All right. So let's see. I'm just going to count them. All right. So there's 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12. There are 12 Carnegie libraries that he built in South Africa and I can't pronounce the community names hardly any of them. And then there are two other libraries that were built in Africa but I can't pronounce the name of that particular country. So my apologies on that but he built quite a few in Africa as well. So Just FYI be aware of what all rich people do. Now, are there bad rich people? Yes, of course. But for the most part, rich people are good kind people that give back to society and they don't always get the credit that they deserve because they get shamed and blamed for being well off, for being rich, for having a nice car, for having a nice life. And it's like, okay, you know, just think about all the labor he employed to build all of these libraries. in all these different areas. That is a lot of money. Like that's what I'm talking about in regards to like think about how much the building materials cost and then just imagine how much it costs for labor. Cuz you have to look at it from the point of view, okay, what all is included in that? Well, you have to buy the land. You have to pay for the materials and the permits. You have to get permission and then you have to find a company that has employees that will build this and you have to pay their wages. This is a lot of money that is not being poured down a rat hole because it's not coming from the federal government. So this is, you know, let me put it this way. I wish more rich people had more of their own money because they invest in people. They get things done. The federal government does not. Just look at all the different federal agencies we have looked at so far and how many of them spend millions if not billions of dollars per year and what What results do we see? You know what I mean? Like it's not always evident. I find that to be a problem. You know, it's the private sector and that's where Mr. Carnegie comes from. He comes from the private sector. It's the private sector that built all this. It's the private sector and capitalism and democracy and freedom that gave him the ability to make money in his trade and to make a profit and then to give back. That's the American way and that's also God's way of doing things. 
You know, what's interesting is that, you know, our Heavenly Father, all he ever asks in terms of a tithe is 10%. Look how much Democrats want to tax the American people. If AOC had it her way, she would raise taxes to 60%. I mean, who does she think she is, God? I mean, here's the thing. God only asks 10%. And he's our Heavenly Father. He's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Joshua. I mean, just think about that. The God that made everything, created all of us, created the planet, the solar system, the universe, all of it. All he asks of us is 10%. But look how much our government takes from us and demands from us. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, when you think about it, when you think about, excuse me, when you get paid, the government gets their pound of flesh first. Because taxes are taken out of your check first. Before we even get to tithe to God first. That's why I tithe off of the gross income. Not after the fact. I don't tithe off of basically after what the government took. I pay my taxes and I pay them fairly and I pay them immediately. But I tithe off of the gross income. Because I value my relationship with my Heavenly Father. And that's not being religious, that's just saying it like it is. See, the God of Abraham very much wants to bless us just like he blessed Mr. Carnegie. And that is a blessing. But if you don't believe in God, and if you think it's appropriate to shame and blame people for being successful, you're making it very difficult for God to bless anyone, especially yourself. Hatred does not bring you rewards. Spite does not lead to success. Was Mr. Carnegie perfect? No. Not by any means. Was he evil? No. I don't think he was. He did a lot in his lifetime that hardly anybody else has ever done on the face of this earth. That, to me, is amazing. And that shows me his true character, that he actually cares about people. Because if he didn't care about workers... He wouldn't, he wouldn't have had a company and he would not have continued to employ people and to provide them with a way to, you know, support their family and to have access to food, water and shelter. If he did not care about people, he would not have built all these libraries all over the face of the earth and freely donated this stuff. He didn't charge people to build a library. He paid for it. He paid for the land, the building, You know, the materials and the labor. I just don't understand what some of these idiots have to complain about. You know, maybe we should do some episodes about, about the background of some of these people that have been very successful in the United States. Because I think if you understand where someone came from, then you're not jealous of what they had or what they have, and you're not jealous of what they did or what they do. Like, you know, it's very rare that I agree with movie stars on anything, but I will say this. They rightfully earned that money. I think some of them are overpaid, and I don't always like their work because some of their work is very vulgar and grotesque to me. But here's the thing. When someone does a job, they deserve to get paid. That's just how it is. 
And if they happen to make millions a year, God bless them. I pray that they're paying their taxes. But I don't want them to be overtaxed. Because I don't care for our federal government to feed off of people like a big fat tick, which is exactly what is happening with these federal agencies and the incompetent people that are in charge of them. And a lot of these people that are in charge of these federal agencies, they are appointed. That's why it's so important that Republicans be voted into office because they typically appoint really good people. They appoint people that understand freedom, democracy and capitalism and they're not going to use and abuse the taxpayers' money. You see because it's supposed to be an honor to serve in public office. It's supposed to be you know you are giving of your time because you're being taken away from the private sector you're still earning a living in the public sector but whenever you serve in public office you're supposed to be a servant a lot of these people that are appointed to these different positions within these federal agencies they act like that we should kiss their feet i don't even think so i don't kiss anybody's feet and neither should you A lot of these elitists think that we should be subservient to them. Well, guess what? My heavenly Father doesn't say that at all. It's very clear in the Bible: we do not worship any man. And when you're kissing somebody else's feet, you're worshiping them. You're giving them power over you. Now that doesn't mean overthrow your government, not by any means, because our government is really good. What I'm saying is that there's a difference between having a government. and putting too much control in someone's hands. The powers with the people always has been and always will be and Mr. Carnegie is a perfect example of this. He took what little he had and created a amazing empire. And then gave back to society that most people never do. I think we could all learn from his example. work hard, do good. I don't think the, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think if you work hard, you should be paid handsomely for that. You should make a lot of money. That's just how it is. I mean, if you invent something or you create something, don't you think you deserve to be paid for that? Don't you think you you deserve to have success? Success is not evil. It's actually really good. It's amazingly good. Like you know, like for example, I'll close with this. Whenever children are looking up to somebody like for a mentor, they don't look up to people that fail and don't care to do anything with their life. They look up to people that maybe they failed but they got back up and they succeeded. That's a mentor. So there's nothing wrong with being successful and being rich. If anything, that's what all of us are called to be. All of us are called to be successful and rich. Read God's holy word. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus and you are the seed of Abraham, there's no excuse for you to be poor, bitter, or miserable. There's just or sick. There's just no excuse for it. Now sometimes those things do happen in our lives, but we're not supposed to back down. You don't run from Goliath, you run towards your Goliath. 
Please read God's holy word and recognize that God loves you. He wants to bless you. And hating someone for what they have is immoral. It's technically illegal in some laws because of the way people behave towards them. You know, it it never hurts to believe in the best, especially about God and especially about people. And I look at it this way, God is always good. God is good and all the time. There is no evil in God. So if you think that people are evil because they're rich, you know, then you're calling God evil because he's blessing those people. How do you know those people didn't, you know, work in a factory or something and then start their own business because they saw or they thought of a better way to do something? Like it's just There's so many successful people in this world and yet they don't always get credit for the success that they accomplish whether in their lifetime or or after they've passed away. I personally think that's really getting old and it's disrespectful. I mean, that would be like if you passed a really hard exam, let's say you passed like the CPA exam or maybe you passed a you know, a medical school exam. And then let's say afterwards you tell people, "Hey, I passed. That did really good." Well, if you're like these crazy liberal nutbags these days, they'll say, "Oh, you don't deserve. You know, yes, you studied hard and you passed, but you don't deserve anything good from that. You don't deserve a career. You don't deserve to make a lot of money. What have you sacrificed?" You see what I mean? Like that is hateful. And it makes no sense. Well, it makes sense if you're evil and if you're jaded, but here's the thing. None of us are called to be evil and jaded. Every single one of us is technically called to holiness because every single one of us was made in the image of Almighty God. So if you don't think you were made in the image of Almighty God or if you don't believe in God, then then I guess you're kind of giving yourself permission to be a horrible person and to be hateful to other people who have done nothing to you. It's not right to interfere with someone else's job or their success. And that goes both ways. employers and employees because employers the owners and the higher ups they are workers as well and so was Mr. Carnegie he was a worker that's why he knew what he was doing he knew his trade and he grew in that trade and he became very successful so needless to say i think we should start saying thank you to the rich <laughs> i really do because you know Most rich people I've met over the years and I've met quite a few, they're actually really nice good people. Most of them are entrepreneurs. I very rarely meet someone that inherited millions or billions of dollars. Usually they are self-made. From the ground up, self-made. They didn't have a silver spoon or a gold spoon or a platinum spoon. I mean, some people are raised, you know, eating off of paper plates. I mean that's just how it is sometimes. There's no shame in that. But what I find interesting is that whenever someone becomes really successful and does a lot of good, there are just so many haters these days and they're usually younger and they don't understand the meaning of a job. They don't under, understand the meaning of good work. They don't understand currency, they don't understand banking, they don't understand finances. And it's like, okay, if you don't understand any of those things, Who are you to who are you to critique someone that is doing really well in life and actually understands those things? And because they actually understand those things, that's probably why they're doing really well. It's because they're educated. 
And most of the time, these people are self-educated. They did not get their so-called great education from a university. Because a lot of universities these days, at least in the United States, they're just brainwashing centers. You know, here's a clue. Brainwashing will always hinder your success. Always. Because you don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, pretty much you're screwed. That's just how it is. So needs to say we really need to be how to describe this. Well, we need to be genuine. We need to be genuine and we need to be honest and we need to give credit where credit is due. Because I think when you don't give credit where credit is due, you're not being genuine and you're being dishonest. You're saying that person doesn't deserve what they actually deserve. I mean, If we don't think people deserve to be successful, why do we still have the Olympics? Why do we give out gold, silver, or bronze medals? It's to determine who worked the hardest and who did the best and then honor them and respect them for that and reward them for that. I think that's a given. I would think that would be obvious, but sometimes I think people have forgotten what it means to actually be successful. So needs to say please don't be brainwashed practice freedom of thought choose your thoughts wisely choose your behavior wisely and choose what you support and endorse very wisely because whatever you endorse or agree with it directly reflects you whether good bad or ugly so i pray that it's good i pray that it is conservative and smart and wise and i pray that it's christian I truly do pray that for you. But I will go ahead and in this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Waves transform